This podcast is brought to you by Hound. Hound comments on style violations and GitHub pull requests, allowing you and your team to better review and maintain a clean code base. Try it now at houndci.com. I was thinking we'd finally do our um, design sprint episode since I just did one and you did one last week. So I think while it's kind of fresh in our head. What is a design sprint? Like you, you, you run or something? I've never heard of this before. Yes. You run really, really <laughs> fast. But while you're running, you also have to be sketching on post-it notes. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Actually, we should probably try this. <laughs> like run, run like a marathon and try to come up with a product so, idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a project. You know the standing treadmill desk? Yeah. We're going to make that. And instead of it being a, tr- a treadmill with multiple speeds, it's only going to be one speed. And it's going to be really, you have to run really fast. And instead of like the display panel, we're going to have a whiteboard, a stack of sticky notes, and pieces of paper that are folded up already into crazy eights so that you can quickly do crazy eights, post its, and whiteboard all while running. Hi, this is the Tentative Podcast, a podcast about product design for digital products. I'm Kyle Fiedler, and with me is... Reda Lemadin, who is also a designer, I guess, maybe? Oh, we're doing titles? I don't know. I mean, I'm saying that I'm famous now, so everyone knows me. There's no point of, like, stating my name. Okay, sorry. No one knows me. I'm, (laughs) I'm still unknown. So I'm, I'm trying to get my name out there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about design sprints. Yes. So like we were talking running really fast. What the, like, what's a design sprint? Like, I don't know anything. <laughs> pretend pre- yeah, pretend yeah. I don't know anything. No, no. Let's, let's do this. Pretend I am someone walking uh, down the street and you just, you just come to me. It's like, hey, uh, we, we do design sprints. Would you like to do one with us? And just like try try to sell me a design sprint. Go ahead. Are you so you're just a random person off the street? Well, yeah. Let, let's put it that way. I, I mean, maybe I need to give you a little bit more like uh, stuff so. to work I think with. That's a waste of time. <laughs> let's see. A design sprint right. is a five phase process of quickly validating ideas. So the five phases are uh, understand. So in that phase of the design sprint, we're looking. In context of ThoughtBot, we're looking to understand what the, our client's problem is, uh, what we're trying to solve, what the jobs are for the client. So let me actually ask you like, a question. You're interrupting uh, it, my flow here. What? <laughs> no, I, I would like to ask this first before you continue. So you're mentioning client. Is this something that only works for client projects? No. Is it something you can use for your own projects or internal ones or whatever? Yeah, you can do it for whatever you want. Uh, you can use it for one person, for hundreds of people, although I can see that being challenging. You can use it for internal products or we use it, I say clients because most of our work is consulting or uh, client-based. So we're usually working oh, yeah. for someone. So I was coming at it from our perspective, but we also run design sprints for our internal products as well. And in that case, there is no client. Although usually there's a person that in our product team or 
in, in our teams that is acting as the, the product manager. And that's what usually what the client will do in the design sprint, right? Okay. So I'll use product manager from now on. Is that a good enough? <laughs> PM. We call them PMs. Well, can't that be, there's a project manager and a product manager. I feel like there's a well, difference. Let's we're call getting them, on a tangent. Let's call, let's call them PDM. PDM? Product yeah, manager? like PDS. PDS? Yep. So, yeah. Where was I? Oh, after understand uh, is diverge. And what I like to tell people is this. We, we do the shotgun approach for ideas. The idea is for this phase to come up with as many possible solutions to the problem that we figured out in the first phase. And... We have a bunch of design exercises. Uh, some of them are pioneered by the, the Google Ventures team who also pioneered the idea and the concept of a design sprint. So they have mind maps, crazy eights, uh, storyboards, and then um, a bunch of critique sessions, uh, critique exercises as well to go along with those. Um, so throughout the entire diverge phase, we're sketching out ideas, trying to figure out solutions for the problem and understand on phase three we are actively condensing those ideas to the ones that we think are feasible that we think are solving the problem the best and so we condense all those to one idea and in phase four we're prototyping it so um, usually it's it's about a day of prototyping this is a really quick exercise using whatever means our designers think are necessary i've built prototypes that are just sketches. I built prototypes in tools like Envision and Marvel. I built prototypes in HTML and CSS. And then on the fifth day, we're bringing in, uh, typically I, I usually do six people to both interview uh, and test the prototype out. So it's trying to validate the assumptions of the solution and the problem a lot of the times. So making sure that the problem that we all took on uh, during the understand phase, the job that, that we're trying to solve for is actually a job that exists. And then the testing out the solution the, that the team came up with and making sure that we're validating that it's the right solution. Um, and so after that phase, we'll either follow that up depending on the results with another design sprint or going into feature building. Cool. Do you have anything to add to that? I have stuff to subtract. No, <laughs> uh, I actually, no, I don't have anything to add because I, I don't know anything. Remember we're playing this game. Sure. Uh, but I have a couple of questions. So I think, to make this not sound as an like echo chamber where we're just like say praising uh, design sprints, I think I want to play devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm switching roles. I'm going from someone who is who doesn't know anything to someone who is very skeptical about processes and these like uh, you know practices, uh, and try to ask you a few questions. So, what is the alternative to a design sprint, like? How did we do things before we started doing design sprints? So generally before we did design sprints, we still did a kickoff, which is basically similar to the understand phase. And then 
we would quickly basically we're inserting more opinions so before this it was a kickoff and then during the kickoff we would basically do converge which would mean like me and a whiteboard showing the project pdm as you like to say the project product manager thank you you know what the what i envision as the interface um so that's what we do in converge and without taking in anyone else's input or ideas and we kind of like slightly alter that to make sure that it's solving what we thought was the problem and understand. Um, and then we just go into building it. Um, so the, the biggest difference is through diverge, we're getting more ideas. We're not, we're not relying on the designer to have all of the great ideas, um, which I think is totally valid. Good ideas can come from anyone on the team. In fact, they do. There's rarely a design sprint where it'll happen that, that I'm the one coming up with all of the great ideas. It's usually the whole team is coming up with ideas and we're combining them to, to create a, a good prototype. And the other thing that, that we're doing is prototyping it really quickly and testing out, making sure that, you know, the, like I said, the, the problem exists, the job exists for the, the application and the solution that we, we have for that, that job to be done is uh, a viable solution and the right solution, or we think it's going in the right, right direction. Whereas a lot of the times what we, what we want to avoid is going and doing development for three months and coming out of that and testing it with users and then realizing that, Hey, this actually doesn't solve the thing that we thought it solved. Yeah. So, so basically you're saying it's the participation aspect and also the quick verification aspect are the major gains mm-hmm. for people who use uh, a, a design sprint instead of a traditional like kickoff, like meeting based process. Right. So here's the other question that would come to mind is based on um, our past experiences with both like kickoff meetings and product design sprints. Is there something we can actually improve in product design sprints? Oh, so the, the, I think before asking this question, it should should probably talk about um, some of the things that uh, a lot of people might actually ask if they hear about a product design sprint for the first time. And I think the first one that comes to mind is the converge. Like, how do you converge? If, if like people are generating a lot of ideas. How do you go from a hundred ideas to a few ideas all while being in the same room with the same people who uh, generated those ideas? Uh, We have a bunch of exercises to like help people to come together. Generally it happens in, in my experience, it happens quite organically. One of the things that, that we do is silent voting I think it's called dot voting yeah. combination of, of the two names, but uh, essentially everyone gets a bunch of dot stickers and can vote on the ideas that they think are the best. And usually through that process, there's a clear winner of like which ideas are the ones to push forward with. But there's also, I know there's, there's a whole book on games with designs and the way that you can, Uh, a create ideas in that diverge phase and then come together on a single idea in the converge phase. So uh, I know one of the ones that 
I did in the design sprint this week uh, was uh, 3-12-3. You're in groups. So in, in small groups inside of the bigger design sprint, um, two to three people. So you have three minutes to do your ideas on your own, 12 minutes for you and your group to present your ideas to the group and converge together on one single idea that you want to present. And then each group gets three minutes to present their converged idea. So it's a bunch of different exercises like that that I'll use throughout the entire process of yeah. converge. So who has the final say? We usually have that that the product manager, the the person that, that owns the product has the final say. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> One of the things that we do do or that I've done in the past when there is like a strong conflict between two people that have a stronger say in the product, not just the product um, manager, but maybe there's someone else there that, that also has a stronger say. What we'll do is either decide that both ideas might be valid and we'll basically fight it out during the usability tests and give one user one idea and another user another. Or what we'll do is we'll give whoever has the, the higher say, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and t- table the other idea and be like, okay, if this, this one idea doesn't work, we're going to come back to this one. So when you say like when an idea doesn't work, like how much are we talking like UI design versus just feature, like not feature design, but you know, like product feature design. I think that's a correct way to put it. Like how, like say in the converge phase or like the third day, how deep do you go in UI or, or user experience ideas? They're not UI ideas. So user interface, okay. I guess they, I am. So when I think of UI, I'm thinking of graphic visual design, yeah, the visual design polish. So we're not getting that deep into that kind of visual polish yet within the prototype. Like I said, some of the prototypes that I've done are, have, have just been sketches. So yeah, like, I don't know what your experience has been since you're, you're kind of like grilling me, interviewing me on the design. No, it's, it's pretty much, yeah. So far, I'm not grilling you, but I'm trying like, to get some answers first for people who never, who never like done this. And uh-huh. then I will move from a position of like asking questions to like an- trying to answer some of them. So, so don't worry. It's not, it's not going to continue like I've this. Figured. But uh, I, I'm, dry, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere, actually. Okay. Be careful. <laughs> so it's more... When I say an idea, I'm I'm we're, we're talking about what you said is a product feature, right? So we're designing product features, um, and these are concepts to to solve for what we what we define early on in the understand or midway through the understand phase is a problem statement, or I've done a main jobs to be done uh, story. So what we're doing is we're constantly reflecting back and saying, okay. This is the problem statement. This is the job that we need to solve for. Does this solve for that, that problem? Does this solve for that job? And throughout the entire process, we're looking back at that. Uh, and when we come up with ideas, which are basically features, uh, we're looking at those features individually and as a whole and saying, okay, does this feature set, do these individual features solve the problem statement, solve the jobs to be done story? And, and so it is very much along the lines of, is this the right feature set? Are we solving the right problem? Kind of go through this flow easily. 
Um, I think those are things that we kind of add on later through the process. So throughout our product development process, we'll do a ton of usability tests. And those are where I rely more on, is this easy to use? Are we allowing the user to get from point A to their goal as fast as possible? That's different than what I'm trying to solve with the product design sprint, which is, are we having the right goal for the user? And is this the right feature set to solve that goal for them? Yeah, that that makes sense. So actually I've been like following both like when just product design sprints were very early in like, I think it was what a couple of years ago when Google Ventures posted that article. I, I don't think it's, it's been longer than that. And I thought it was an interesting like take on, you know, building products. So the way I would like to think of a design sprint is more like a normal product development sprint minus the code and design part. So there's only one step where you might be doing something remotely related to design or code, which is like the prototype phase. And But like other than that, it's it's mostly like let's not commit to anything before we understand what we're trying to do. Yeah, I like that definition of like we're trying to figure out if we're right about the problem before we commit to, to spending lots of uh, design and developer time on the, the problem, right? Yeah. So the premise is uh, definitely like uh, something that I, I, I can relate to. And, and I like the part where it tries to make everyone participate instead of just the designer doing all the work. The thing, though, that I think I still haven't got an answer to yet or it's hard to evaluate is the fact that like the design sprint is basically a series of tasks that you do in succession from day one to day five or whatever it could be. And the thing is like these, these tasks, they build on top of each other. So whatever you happen to end up with during the first phase of trying to understand in the project will actually inform your diverge phase. And the ideas you come up with in diverge will inform your converge phase, which actually built, like takes those ideas and tries to converge. And prototype will use whatever you ended up converging on and the user test will use the prototype. So there's a clear like chain in the process. The thing that I still haven't been able to answer is what if at some point in this phase we got something wrong? And I guess the product design sprint is by nature designed to limit the the risk of, of, of having wrong assumptions but I don't feel like there is a way to entirely prevent that. Like we're humans and having six humans would probably result in less risk of making wrong assumptions, but it doesn't mean the risk is 0%. We can totally be making some wrong assumptions as a team. And in fact, there's something even more like dangerous when you work as a group is that you tend to have like this uh, herd mentality or like this, you spend the entire time with a set of people. So at some, at some point, there's a risk of it becoming an echo chamber. So the, the group will actually be making some assumptions that might not be able to, to figure out whether they're right or wrong as a group. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly how to put that, but think of it more like a herd mentality. 
like it's it's easy to want to to conform than to be like you know an outsider just because you have six people in a room doesn't mean you're going to come out with the right solution and so what i would say to you or say back to you is that no we don't expect or at least I don't have the expectation that coming out of every single design sprint that we're going to have the right answer. Um, I actually expect to do multiple design sprints, at least coming into the first design sprint. If we get it right on the first try, it's, I don't know, it's been fairly rare for me. Um, I've normally had to do at least two, maybe even like three or four, but it's something that I think like we, the purpose of the design sprint is to, to test our assumptions. And basically the design sprint, the entire time you're making a bunch of assumptions until that final day where you're testing them. So like we should be cognizant of the fact that we're making a bunch of assumptions throughout the entire design sprint. And you're totally right. Like they, those could be totally wrong. Like, you know, when you have six people in the room, um, there's a bunch of, different personalities at play, different, um, group thinking going on. Um, is, it's certainly like we shouldn't expect to come out of that week with this pristine direction for an app, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just the thing that you would get from a design sprint that you wouldn't get if you did the same exercise alone is that there's at least some sort of like consensus or conversion towards what problems we're trying to solve. In the sense that everyone has more or less the same understanding of what are the problems, what are the assumptions, and what what things we should be on the lookout for uh, in the future. So I guess that's that that's basically what you get. Uh, that's the extra you get from a design sprint. I think that goes back to like you asked me earlier about what did we do before the design sprint and why did we change? And I think one of the, the two bigger things that I told you was that like, like we were expecting everyone to come up with solutions and to be able to build upon people's ideas for solutions for the problem or coming up with new, like figuring out what the job is and figuring out new solutions to the job. And then the other benefit is being that fifth day that or the fifth phase uh, testing those all those assumptions that we've made, I think is, is very important part of the design sprint. And that, that's kind of like what you're talking about is, is yeah, we're, we're basically for me, the design sprint is, Hey, no matter what we're, we're starting a project off, we're making a bunch of assumptions. The design sprint is a more formal way for me to get everyone's assumptions out and then list them and then figure out ways to, to test them and make sure that, Hey, yeah, um, this assumption is right. This assumption is wrong and be able to work around that. Yeah. Like I was thinking a little bit about this, uh, since last time we talked and one thing I noticed happening like in some cases, uh, is that you would end up with an N number of assumptions on week one. And as you move forward, new assumptions start like seeping in to the project and uh, like no one really realizes that because as you're working on the project like some things might go unnoticed like a ui decision that that everyone uh agreed on but uh everyone was at the same time making or someone made an assumption and no one was able to notice it or to call that out so there is like always that risk of like new assumptions 
coming into the, the project. So one thing that I think we should always be doing is we should be on the always on the lookout for new assumptions that we make unconsciously uh, and, and while working on, on the project and try to keep those in check. Uh, and as we're making new, new assumptions, we add them to this assumption table or card or whatever you have to track assumptions so that whenever you want to do like uh, you're uh, at a point where you can do user testing, you can actually have some tests to verify those, those assumptions. Yeah, I totally agree. On on one of the more recent projects that I did, we had we had we did usability testing almost every week, and it was kind of at times it felt forced, um, but at times it was really good because it made me go back and say, okay, what are we going to test this week? What are the assumptions that we're testing? What are the assumptions that that we came up with uh, either this week, or what are the assumptions that we, we still have that you know, we haven't validated or we still don't feel like we've, you know, made sure that they're a hundred percent validated. And that was a good exercise for me because of that, because it was, it was like forcing me to say, okay, what are the new assumptions that we need to test this week? Yeah. And one way to look at it actually is maybe every, every week should be a design sprint. Like we don't have to call it a design sprint and we don't have to do it the way we do it, but the cycle is, uh, I think it goes beyond just like this exercise that you do during one week. It's, you're always trying to understand the problem, uh, trying to come up with solutions, talk to your team, try to converge, uh, on something and then you ship it or you prototype it and then you test it. So in a way, I think every week should be a design sprint week. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Basically, that project we it was it was instead of as you get further down into the project and you start validating or invalidating things, you can start building things. But you but we were still actively testing those and reaffirming that you know the validation or uh, well I guess we're we weren't reaffirming the invalidation because we moved on past that, but um, reaffirming the validation that we got earlier on. Um, and testing new assumptions as we were building the app. But I totally agree with you. Like one of the things I'm thinking about on my current project is we, we basically did the first design sprint. I've, I, I had the prototype. Uh, it tested really well. We needed to make a few um, changes to it. And throughout that process, there's like a second chunk, a second big feature set that, you know, basically want to do the same thing for. And so I'm thinking that like, basically we're going to do another design sprint for that second chunk of the app. But I guess the second time you do it, it's slightly more compact or different, I guess, or do you do it exactly the same way as the first one? No, I, I think every design sprint I've run has been different. Um, okay. I've done some that are a design, like we cram, understand, diverge, converge into, to one day. Yeah. And and then do a very rapid prototype and test. So it's like basically, you know, two and a half, three days of a design sprint. I've done that. I've done probably to I, I, I kind of regret doing this, but doing two days of uh, understand, diverge, converge and not doing the prototype. explicit prototype and test. I think that's very important. Like if I have to choose between five steps and I would probably spend 
like if I like I would spend most of the time on understand at first, especially if it's the first design uh, sprint or the first like contact with with the client, and then converse and divers are very important, but I guess they're in my in in my view they're less important than having something out and talking to the users. So I'm totally fine with either doing those quickly because I guess we will always like throughout the project we will always be converging on diversion. So in a way like it, it would help with the prototype but also it might not need the input from everyone in the team to get something out quickly. So I guess I mean Ideally, you would like to have time for each one of these steps and do it properly. But if I have to choose, I'll probably do understand, quick, diverge, converge, and then prototype and user testing. Yeah, one of the things that I I, I haven't had a chance to, but I honestly want to cut down on the prototype and just do something extremely simple, like just basically sketch prototype, something that you could be able to do in like half a day or a couple hours and be able to, you know, do the testing that afternoon. So when you say prototype, what, what do you think of? Because I think we're thinking of different things. <laughs> uh, I think of either something in Envision, something in Keynote, something in HTML and CSS that people can click around in. I put that in like my second level of fanciness. <laughs> the level one of fanciness is like, Take a, like a bunch of you know A4 paper uh, sheets and you know sketch stuff. Take pictures of that. Uh, this is like level one, uh, and then level two would be actually level three. What you mentioned is definitely level three. Level two would be like to take pictures and to slice them with Photoshop or some image editing app, and then feed them into one of these like. Uh, multi-screen linking tools like that allow you to put pictures and link them together. I think a few of them do that. Uh, does Envision uh, do that? I know Marvel does that. Yeah. Uh, Envision, I guess, a lot of others. And my like the third level would be to uh, actually spend a little bit more time in, in like write actual copy in the UI. Like a lot of times I actually skip copy except for like the call to action or like the most important thing that they want to see. But yeah, uh, maybe we're talking about the same thing, I guess. What are you showing to, on, on your test phase, what are you showing them? Either the, uh, the clickable uh, prototype or just paper, depending on the time. In my last design sprint, I had enough time to actually do a little bit more work. So I, it was a clickable prototype that actually looked like uh, an app. Uh, and that's just because the it was uh, the app existed before, so it wasn't a new project. But I, I guess I, I would be totally fine. The problem with paper is that it gets a little bit messy, and if you are not doing it in person, uh, that's not an option. Yeah. So that was the issue that I ran into with my last sprint. But each one of mine, I've been doing, you know, a prototype in either Keynote or uh, HTML and CSS or you know, one of those Marvel and vision tools. But what I'm thinking is along the lines of, I guess what you've, you've already done is, and maybe it's just that I haven't had a good chance to, to do it or um, it hasn't been the right client. Um, but basically just use the pieces of paper and show those to the usability test participant. 
Uh, I know there's some, some benefit and some drawbacks to actually doing uh, paper prototyping and showing that to, to actual users, but I've never done it before. So, I so yeah, I, I totally get that. I agree with you. Uh, the thing that make me feel a little bit uneasy in a way is like when you use code prototypes like HTML and CSS or Framer. And to be honest, I don't think, especially if the project is just starting off, I think that's a little bit uh, too much. That's I, I personally would never be at a point where I would say, you know what, the only thing that would could help me figure out uh, the assumptions we made is an actual like interactive prototype with animations and stuff. I do not think that's going to happen. When I say HTML prototype or HTML and CSS, it's a grayscale, very dumbed down. There aren't any animations. So like there's, there's trade-offs between using that, between something like, you know, the Envision, Marvel, and Keynote. Um, I know you can, those animations are all really easy. They come out of the box fairly quickly. So there are certain trade-offs that you make, but the, the things that I'm doing in HTML and CSS aren't, no, <laughs> they're not perfect. No, no, I, I understand. Uh, I'm just saying just like from a perspective of like, I need to create this page. I need to put it somewhere. So I have to decide if it is going to be GitHub pages or do I mail the HTML file or, and it just, I would start getting into stuff. I don't think I want to be getting into at that point. Uh, and like, yes, it's a custom solution, but I think there are better tools to, that allow you to link stuff together. It's like, because it, basically it depends on the project and what you're trying to do, but most of like, I feel like design sprints are most effective when uh, you have a little bit of like a broad problem and you want to narrow it down. I, I wouldn't, for instance, do a design sprint. I mean, I would, but like say we have an existing app and everything when we want to add like a new feature and we would like to figure out something like, uh, I don't know, transition between two screens. Uh, I don't think it's going to be super effective to do that. Like w the way I would do it is probably come up with a solution and ship it to users and see how they interact with it. And if we see that there are some questions we can't answer by just looking at data, then we can probably talk to users and try to figure out what's wrong with it. But what I'm trying to say is that most most of the time you're trying to figure out whether the product it makes sense, whether like the information architecture and the layout makes sense to the specific thing that the user is trying to do. And those are very high level things that I think you don't need to get into like, uh, you know, uh, either visual details or technical details. And to me, like HTML and CSS are technical details. They're, they're just tools. But at that point, I probably don't want to be writing HTML or CSS. I'd rather like be just sketching, taking pictures and doing things like that. Maybe even like using Sketch or some other graphic editor to to come up with screens. But if uh, that makes sense. No, you, you that's totally... I, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah I do. I, I think... For me, part of the reason that I like jumping into HTML and CSS is because I feel like I can create something that's a workable prototype in, you know, the same amount of time that I could be spending in Sketch or Photoshop, whatever. Um, yeah. I am doing like, we're, we're basically for, for me, for the sprints that I've done at Converge, we've done those sketches on the whiteboard 
we walk away with these are going to be the screens. This is going to be the information on these screens. This is going to be the user flow. And we decide on, as a group that that's what we're going to do. And basically it's me taking those, I guess, wireframes uh, that we come out with in Converge and making it like clickable. Yeah. I mean, again, it depends a lot on the project. If you're mm-hmm. making a web app and you have time during that week to start doing something HTML and CSS, then yeah, it's it's probably going to be useful. Maybe not much, but still you can use some of it. You can reuse some of it later on. I guess in mobile, it's a little bit tricky. Now they're like, you can use quartz and things like that and export the animations, but I don't think you should be doing animation uh, on that day. Uh, so Unless, unless this is like, unless that's why you're doing the sprint. Like, all right, we're doing the sprint to figure out what animations we want. I don't think uh, having animated transitions and all of that makes it. It sometimes gives like the impression to the user that they're using something real and that could help. But that's only if you're sticking to the very basic like animations that come with the platform. Uh, web, there are usually no animations that probably should stay away from that. If you're doing mobile, then, you know, the usual like push to left or from bottom or something like that. Uh, the stuff that comes up with the platform, I guess. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that um, if you're using a tool just to be able to have more freedom as far as like uh, prototyping things like animation and things like that. I don't know. It feels like it's a little bit premature to me. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just using the tool that I think will get the prototype done the fastest. And I'm usually, because almost all of the apps that I'm making are web-based, it does help to have that initial code. But a lot of the times I just throw it out because I've built it so quickly that there isn't any thought given to the markup, the structure, the class names, uh, and like so on and so forth. So a lot of the times I just throw it out and start from scratch again um, to, you know, have a you know, a clean code base and something that has been thought through from the beginning. Yeah. There's actually another thing that would affect your choice of the tool, which is when you're doing the tests, are you doing a test with like one master prototype, same prototype for all users, or you're creating multiple versions and giving different users different versions and seeing how they interact with that? And I think last time I did this approach, which is not not radically different, but there are small differences here and there just to see what kind of discussion each one would spur. So if you're doing a multi-prototype like prototype approach, then maybe HTML and CSS could be less flexible. Like you have to create multiple, maybe you can create partials or something like that and then swap them or have some sort of like way of doing like uh, not really A-B testing, but something similar, like multi-variant testing. Whereas if you're doing something like Sketch, then you can just copy and paste that said screen, m- modify some elements, and export the image. And in whatever tool you're using to to link the screens, you can swap that image or like have to like finish one and then duplicate it and change the images as you you want so this is a thing that i used in the last prototype where like i had a couple of like different paths and uh actually i kept them in the same prototype i just had like two different paths so you can Mm -hmm. either go from here and each one will lead you to a different screen and i just tell the user all right let's let's click on this icon for now uh let's just pretend that this does this and by doing that i can direct the user to 
do what I what I want for that like for the specific test which version I want to them to look at. And the last time it helped a lot. Like we figured out something uh, about a a feature of the app, and w- like a lot of users went with with one option and not the other. So it was easier to for us to say, all right, let's get rid of option B for now. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I've actually never had to do that. But like, I think what we keep on going back to is we should be taking for for the prototype in particular, um, using the tools that we think are best. Uh, whether that's pieces of paper and pencil or uh, sketch and Photoshop and putting them into Envision or using HTML and CSS or Framer or Quartz or whatever it is that we think in the amount of time that we're given to create something that we can show to users and that they'll get a solid idea of what we're getting at and, and give us, you know, be able to get feedback from them. It's it's always easy easy to say... Let's use the best tool for the task. It's hard to decide what is the best tool for the task. <laughs> right. Like, and I think that totally some depends people don't on have, the designer. Yeah, some people don't have experience and they want to know what, what is the best tool for this, for what kind of situation. And I guess, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's easy to say, well, I mean, obviously everyone agrees, or at least we agree that every one of these tools has some uh, pros and, and cons. And when you use it, you, you, you have to be aware of both, but at the same time, like you wouldn't like use, I don't know, scissors to peel potatoes. <laughs> um, I mean, if, 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 if you're an alien and you've never been to, to planet earth, you might, and you might think it's a good tool because, you know, it gets the job done, but, Someone who knows better than you will actually tell you, you know what, we have something better than that. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I mean, having these discussions is not just trying to, you know, it's trying actually to give a little bit of like from our experiences of insight about what we think works best for some specific situation and not the other, et cetera. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But it also has like, for me in particular, like I have years of experience with HTML and CSS and I can whip together something fairly quickly in, in a couple hours and, and throw it up on GitHub pages and feel confident in what I've built. So the tool there is different than it might be for someone else. Right. So yeah. along those lines, my suggestion is just to try for people to try each one of these tools out and see how they work for them and make the decision themselves. I, I don't think there's anything we're not going to be like whatever light we shine on how we do things isn't going to, it shouldn't affect their process too much. They should have yeah, their own process yeah, and, and figure out what tools work for them. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's call it. I don't think we have anything to add about the topic really. No. And I guess we, I mean, there's a lot you can talk about, but at the same time, I feel like we talked about most of the things that matter. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. And and if we don't, we can always do another episode. <laughs> and uh, record it in two halves. Yep. With like two weeks apart. Exactly. You want to do the outro? Yeah. So uh, what is the outro? <laughs> uh, so like, thank you, we everyone. Have that written somewhere? No, we just... should. Thank you, everyone, for, for listening to our podcast, Tentative. The show notes will be at tentative.fm slash six. If you go to Twitter... We're tentative FM. Yeah, one word. Tweet at us. And you can send us an email at hosts 
at tentative.fm. Uh, also, if you enjoyed the show, please uh, rate us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Thank you, Kyle. Talk to you later. <laughs> later. Later.